This is Catalog and Cocktails. Presented by Data.World. Leads us now to our lightning round, which is uh, sponsored by Data.World. So I'll go first. Are data policy layers, like Okara, a key part of the federated computational governance in the whole data mesh space? Absolutely. I think we discuss centralized versus distributed, and I think whatever you do here, you need some balance here, and I think it's part of this this stack. All right. Sounds like I, I kind of thought that those things might be associated. So it's 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 interesting to hear you you kind of confirm that. Uh, my question for you, question number two: Are all data policies able to be automated? Are all policies able to be automated? Ooh, this is a good one. I think the, you have to have it so that the vast majority are, and have very few exceptions. I think what we see too much is too little of it is automated. So you have a ton of exceptions and manual things, and that gets you in trouble so fast. So right. 99.9%. That's got to so be some role. exceptions, but but mostly automatable. Got it. Now that's a good one. Too much exceptions is going to get you in trouble. All right. Uh, prediction time. So will data policy enforcement merge into or absorb other governance use cases such as consent and privacy management? Yeah, I don't know if I think about it that way, but I think effective policy management and enforcement is the core building block for, for those kind of problems. So at least a very integrated approach. Yeah, I, I think if you are authoring privacy policies that are in pros only, to start. Definitely, mm. you can't stay there. <laughs> mm. yeah. Well, that makes sense. I mean, this whole thing's as code, right? It's not just about policies as code. It's what about your privacy as code and your your consent as code. For, oh, man, so much code. Love it. Um, <laughs> it's a good day to be a, a programmer, right? Um, last question for you. Do you need to define your business policies before you implement automated policy tooling? No. So I, I think we just weren't. So I, I think this whole S code thing is like, you know, let's let's learn some practices from engineering and, and so on. Waterfall is bad, right? So you need a mechanism that lets you uh, learn as you go um, and is designed for agility. Right? I think that's the lesson. Uh, certainly, you know, I think it's like a core engineering lesson, but but I think applies everywhere. So you got to be able to do that. I appreciate that answer. I, I think that uh, at Data World we have a very similar approach, like cataloging. Like, do you do you wait until you have all your other stuff in order before you implement a catalog? Well, then you're kind of diminishing the need for the catalog because the catalog is going to help you get everything out, right? Yeah. All right. Next segment: the Mesh Minute. I got a minute here. One minute. You have one minute to rant, pontificate about data mesh. Ready, set, go. Yeah, data mesh, a lot of really interesting ideas. And I think we've seen in industry probably every 10 years, the pendulum swing back and forth between centralized and decentralized. And I think this is sort of the most modern iteration of that. You know, the sweet spot changes as, as we go. And, and I think we've talked about that a, a little bit. I think some of the ideas of pushing the work to the people who know it best is essential for scalability and success, but there's real value in things that are centralized. Anybody think about this architecture? I would encourage you to think hard about those two. 
you can't have the wild, wild west and everybody making their own choices, but you also can't have bottlenecks built in by design. So I think a lot of the ideas are good. Implementation will, will vary and when we're sorting it out. Nice. Even not that, uh, not even, so it was very concrete. Uh, I have to say, I was, ex I've been, since we've been doing this, I was expecting more people to kind of be more controversial, but everybody are like, yeah, this is the right thing. Yeah, we got to be careful about it, but it's like, it's good. It's good. It's great. Yeah, no, no, it's good. It's good. It's good. I, I like it. I mean, I, I, I'm with all, I mean, I think I've agreed with everybody who's presented this, uh, who's talked to this. So, yeah, we're still waiting for somebody to be like, that data mesh thing. <laughs> What the hell was that? <laughs> All right, we'll keep doing it. So somebody has to come and say this. I think we gotta, you gotta find somebody who's really implemented it at scale to, to tell you uh, what worked and what didn't work. That's true. Well, well, we have an upcoming guest. A lot of things look good in the design phase. Yeah, I think we have a we have an upcoming guest uh, in a couple of weeks. It is. Uh, Omar Kajwala from Roche, and he is going, he is, I think, one of the, the groups who's most advanced in doing this, and they presented before at the Data Mesh kind of summit and stuff like that. So really excited to get into the details with him. But all right, TDT, Tim, take us away with your takeaways. Go yeah, first. Do some, do some takeaways. So great conversation. Um, I, I think we've learned a ton about policy and its implications. Um, you mentioned that really what is policy? It's it's trying to get access to data more quickly and in a compliant way. Like how can we move quickly, safely? Uh, you use the analogy that seatbelts are for, for driving faster. Uh, Juan mentioned about brakes, kind of same analogy. Uh, you know, policy just being in, in people and process is going to slow you down. Technology is necessary for repeatability and to, and to accelerate. They accelerate what you can do as a business. Um, you we talked a little bit about, you know, who's appreciating policies and you'd mentioned that kind of larger organizations, um, you know, have somewhat of this solved, but they're trying to make that process faster, make it more repeatable, less people have to be involved in it, kind of lower costs and things like that. Smaller, mid-sized companies, maybe they're not as focused on policy. Maybe they're less mature on policy, but there are also benefits for them to be able to get more, more streamlined and more predictable about that. So I think that's, uh, you know, good to think about where where you where your company is in that, and and so the problem you may be trying to solve around data data policy technology might be a little different. Right policy is a, a business decision. Um, it's not uh, there isn't just one perfect policy to rule them all. It's it's what makes sense for your business. And you talked about some of the different types of policies, right? Whether, you know, it's ac data access policy. You know, we mentioned about data contracts. Um, data access policy is kind of the, the one of the biggest ones, right, in terms of data policy. Um, and you talked about some examples, like simple might just be, you know, what data is publicly accessible versus private. Intermediate, like how do we anonymize our data or mask certain types of data? more advanced to things like differential privacy. You know, if I have this attribute by itself, it's not a big deal. But now when I combine it with these multiple attributes, that becomes a problem. Or maybe, you know, we didn't get into it too much today, but I think like AI bias is also a very interesting topic. So um, I thought I thought that was super interesting. And um, yeah, Juan, what about you? What were your big takeaways? I got, I got several here. So one, I think there is still this open issue on how do you manage the policy across all these tools in the modern data stack, right? Which tool is actually responsible for them? How are they executed, right? Policy is cross-cutting. And I think this is one of the things that are getting highlighted with so many of these different tools. So that's number one. S second, I really like how you define the implementation is you said there's a separate of concerns, right? 
There's the people who know the policy and they need to be able to do their job without needing to know what is in the data, the technologies. You need to have that part. And then there's a technical side about the implementation, right? So that was a really important takeaway there. We've discussed already a lot about the centralization, decentralization, and it, everything needs to be done from code in the beginning. You want to go centralize a lot of these core policies that we know that it's just the stance of your company, how we're going to go do that. And then every decentralized kind of team domain, they can go ex use that extended if needed, which leads us to the things as code. And I think this is, this is going to, this is the big trend now, right? A declarative, we need to start thinking about doing things that are declarative, DBT, right? Transformation, SQL, like this is the first thing. Uh, um, we just have to have this mindset of thinking from policy as pros to policy as code. And this is a technology innovation. I think there's still, there's still more to be done. Uh, imagine if we could represent all our policies in SQL. Is that actually possible? Probably not. And first of all, not all our data is always going to be relational, so it can't be in SQL. But I think there's a, there's open uh, room for a lot of innovation. And I think this, the final point that we did made was um, we need blueprints for these policies because just there's a lot of stuff that is being done over and over again. There's just patterns that we see through all these processes. And so let's go, um, let's go make them explicit and go let's share them, and people can go off and extend them. Nong, how did we do on our takeaways? Awesome. Those are great. I love all it. Right. Awesome. So Nong, back to you. Two questions. One, what's your advice about data about life whatever and second is who should we invite next <laughs> yeah i think in terms of um advice for for data and we alluded to some of this is plan for change we love all this policy as code xyz as code because it gives you that repeatability when your environment changes for whatever reason so you gotta go go do this think about the task you're doing imagine you're going to do it again and again a hundred times over the next five years slight variation. So I think that that's the, the key to success for, for how to think about your data stack. Uh, in terms of who to invite, uh, I think I think you guys would enjoy talking to, to my buddy Julian, Julian with Dem. Uh, he, I met him when he was running data infrastructure at Twitter and he's done a whole bunch of things related to lineage. And I think, you know, there's a group of us probably thinking about the centralized problems. You guys may be on cataloging us on policies. He spent some time on lineage, and I think we're all converging on sort of some sort of building blocks that would help the whole ecosystem. Great suggestion. Yeah, we, we uh, we're very interested and have had some conversations with the folks over on the open lineage side and that sort of thing. So we appreciate it. Great connection. Yeah, great. Yeah, great. I, I'm meeting him later today if you want me to, to nudge well, him. Well, that, done. That'd be great. Uh, I mean, yeah, say hi to him for us. I think uh, yeah. we've... We've had a couple of chats before, but not in the context of cataloging cocktails. So tell him it's his turn. <laughs> yeah, he, he's been called out for it. Perfect. I mean, yeah, we saw him. I saw him a couple of weeks ago here in Austin, in, here in Austin for the Data Council. Um, all right. Well, this was a fantastic conversation. I think we had very concrete takeaways, like things actionable, things to go start, uh, things to start actually doing. And uh, before we wrap up and everything, just a reminder: if you're watching, watching, listening to us live. Tomorrow is our summit at data.world. Uh, just go to data.world and you can go see information about summit. And if you are listening to us on the podcast, that means that if you just listen to it right when the podcast comes out, that means that the summit is going on right there. If you're listening to it afterwards, you can go find the summit uh, and see all our videos. We have so many conversations all about data mesh and we have about knowledge first and about open data and so forth. 
So that is. Uh, and then also other news, uh, we will uh, be live, uh, live Catalan cocktails at the Knowledge Graph Conference uh, at the beginning of May. I, I will be there uh, and we will be talking with Francois Scharf, who is uh, the, the chair of the Knowledge Graph Conference, kind of given over to the Knowledge Graphs. And next week we have Chad Sanderson from Convoy. If you're following him on LinkedIn, awesome guy who just writes so a lot of just great content about uh, knowledge and about the modern data stack and all that stuff. It's be an awesome great thoughts on, on data and knowledge. All right, so a lot, so much stuff. Data.World Summit uh, next week is uh, Chad Sanderson, and it will also be at the Knowledge Graph Conference. With that, Nong, thank you so much for your time. This was great. Uh, we had a lot of concrete takeaways. I'm so excited about policy. Yeah. Thank you. And thank you for having me. It was fun. All right. And Cheers. always to data.world for letting us do this every Wednesday. So much fun. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers.